0: Thank you for pulling into the Hope Station. I am your host. I am Bells. The Hope Station is a place to hear amazing interviews, great transformational stories and learn about the power of faith and hope to change your life. A podcast that proves living purposefully is possible. Are you ready for your own transformational story? Do you want to turn a new chapter in your life or career? There's hope. Schedule a free consult call with me to stop feeling hopeless and gain the hope you need to have the life you deserve. Information of how to schedule that appointment is in the show notes You can also connect with me through my website, Diane Bells at the dot com. Are you ready for another great interview? Hello and welcome to the Hope Station Podcast. I am your host, Diane Bell, and today my guest is June Bacham. Did I say that right? (laughs) You said it right, Diane. (laughs) June is an author, a parent coach, a speaker, and she helped parents build their home team. I love that whole idea about it, and I just, anything that can help parents Ah, oh, I needed lots of help when I was a young mom. Work with her children would be bringing hope in big bunches of hope, I would say that. So June, thanks so much for coming on. To Oh my goodness, wow. I've,
1: I love children and families. I've worked in as a preschool um, educator for many years. And I just love to... I just like to know that I am helping parents um, navigate being a parent, especially when I've worked uh, with the toddlers and have new parents have no idea what to expect, (laughs) you know, with the temper tantrums and the, the, you know, the, the, the behavior that they, they don't even know how to control much as the parents. Right. Right. So, (laughs) So it was you know, learning how to, to, um, engage your parents in observing, making observations and trying to figure out what it is, what is it that my child needs? There are so many ways in, to engage your children. I used to love to use books in my classroom. I used to right. b- books. I used to do um, the little engine that could, you know, to talk. <laughs> and it's just a way of getting them to um, n- not just say, let's clean up, but have a conversation. Oh, you know what? Um, oh, little red hand or help or helping if you need help with something, you say, oh, little red hand needed help. I wonder if any, if anyone in here can give me a help. You know, I'm, I'm going to pretend to be little red hand. Depending on the age group, you can in, incorporate stories to engage them rather than telling them, come and do this, come and help me, you know, say, well, you know what, I love the story about the little red hand. And when little red hand needed help, she asked for help. And at first, you know, the, the cat and the mouse and the, I forgot what the other animal was. Didn't want to right. help. But they wanted to eat, right? So right. they know the benefits <laughs> of helping when it comes to cooking is, eat, is helping, right?
0: <laughs> is eating. Oh, that, that is so absolutely true. And I just, you know, with my children and even my grandchildren, getting them involved in cleaning and cooking and doing things as part of life rather than almost a punishment. Because uh, I would say to my mother, like, "You're home all day. This is terrible. You're home all day. Why am I cleaning the bathrooms and stuff, when I haven't had to tell you off?" And she was like, "You need to learn how to do these things. You know, yes. to be a responsible adult, you need to learn how to do things. You need to be part of this family, this community of doing things together that we're all in it." And my mother was very good. There was not like male and female chores. Mm -hmm. you know my brothers had to wash the dishes we had to learn how to do you know outside work taking out the garbage whatever it was she was very cool at just saying there wasn't some line you know some you know sex based line on what what should and shouldn't be done and getting us all involved and I can see that difference with my grandkids to say with my oldest one I would sit her on the counter when she was like two or three years old and she would be helping me make Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner and whatever. And it's good to see her now. It took a while, but at 15, she's cooking for herself most of the time and loving it. So you where,
1: Yeah. So that's you. you, And that's where the team work, the team building comes in because you're not saying I, because I say so, you know, which is how I grew up, do this because I say so, but Mm -hmm. if you are engaging them in, in, in um, making the choice of coming to help, but you're doing it in a way that's more engaging, and and they and and you're seeking their cooperation. So it right. and then they feel like they feel like they have a choice, you know. And then sometimes they may not come immediately, but you know you just have to be um, persistent and consistent in how you you, you work and engage
0: them and and, and um, inviting them to, to cooperate. I think that the other thing uh, as parents that we can do is we'll complain about doing these chores and then we expect the children to sort of jump in and and be all excited to do something that we think is awful. And then it feels like a punishment, even if it isn't a punishment, well, we have to do stuff that you don't want to do rather than just appreciate like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I have clean clothes. The house is clean. There's toilet paper on the toilet paper. Yes, (laughs) yes. Clean dishes. (laughs) You know, that if we just look at that, and just hearing myself saying, saying, gosh, that would have been a little bit different for my kids if I didn't look at make such an arduous task, something awful to do, as something that we're doing as a team and getting it done together, you know, building that community, that, that family, that we're all a part of it.
1: Absolutely, because what we say, we don't sometimes remember what we say, but we're actually saying exactly how we feel, and we mm-hmm. don't really want to do the housework. I, I agree, I don't always want to do it either, you know, but, um, but you know, our children, we are their models, their role models, and, you know, we teach them a lot, and sometimes we don't accept responsibility, but... <laughs>
0: We teach them more by <laughs> what we do than what exactly, we say. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> One of the things that uh, you talked about is really how attention you were, and and I get this, positive attention trumps negative attention. So how do we do that? And just give me your, your insights into that.
1: Oh, that was a, that's a big, big, um, um, Concern for me because I see it happen a lot. Um, I see um, children um, for attention. There was this one boy when I was teaching um, the older um, in um, Head Start, and he was uh, maybe five or six. And he, we were all sitting at the table doing activities, but he wanted attention, and so he would climb on the table, and he would stand on the table, and there were the, at first I went there and I would tell him, come down, come down, but he wouldn't come down, you know? So he wanted to play a game with me. And the more I engaged him is the more other children joined us in wanting to go on the table. <laughs> so I, I had to, I had to decide I wasn't going to play that game. And so um, I, what I, what I did was we would, we would go back to the table and I would make it as much fun as possible. And I would do the, the most fun activities and then um, I would thank all the children for participating and listening to and following instructions. And then, um, but I, I would always keep my eye on him. I was making sure that he was safe, you know but I did no longer engage him in that, um, you know tug of war and, and, and right. um, giving him that attention that he sought. But I would encourage him. I would say, you know, when you, when you're ready Please come and join us. There's a seat right here for you, and you know, you know, there's a materials here for you and all that. And but I would just wait, and you know what? Eventually, he came and joined us. He would come and join us, and we never had to do, deal with that situation again. But a lot of times, but it's 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 affirming them. It's affirming them. You know, when they're doing the good things, when they're doing the positive things, when when they when you when they you because. It's not just about the behavior; it's about how they feel. It's how they feel. What are they seeking from me? What are they seeking mm-hmm. from me? Do they want to a a hug? Question. Do they want, yeah, you know, because you know, and I'm not much into this yet. But they talk about the five love languages. You know, we 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 like to be shown how you know love we each in a different in, in five different ways. Which one is it that he wants? You know, is it the attention? Right. So, you know, it's so much going on that it's so important that we focus on our children and giving them the attention, the love and affection and the care that they're seeking. Because when we do that, it makes a big difference how they how they respond when we speak to them and how we engage with them.
0: That is true. And we're teaching them how to get our attention. Yes, uh, yeah And you you could see that that sort of if, if it's not satisfied, they're using those same tactics mm-hmm. as adults, because no one ever showed them that there was a different way. So if you can help them at those formative young years, it can make a difference. Well, how will your book help parents with this development of their, their children and having that team like family? You know, it's
1: Diane, it's it's the home team. It's just like any sport team. It's really basically the same. It's it's giving that child a sense of identity on the team, you know, mm-hmm. and a sense of value, right? And, and 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 that you are here to learn, because when you're playing a sport, you're constantly learning, and you are you are learning how to run, how to how to p- know what the rules are. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't win if you don't follow the rules. And if you're not in shape, you can't play well. So what, what is it? How do I need to show up? What do I need to do to be a valuable player on this team? And just letting each child know how valuable they are, you know, right where they are, meet them where they are. And you can use one child and, and and help to, 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 to bring the others along, but it's how you do it. You wanna engage them all and not isolate anyone. And, and, you know, sometimes you just have to slow the pace down. We have to slow the pace down and just sit with our children, give them the attention, their need, they need. Like when you first come home from work, you know, we all have been gone and we're tired and we're hungry. But if we just sit down and say, hi, you know, in a cuddle, sit together, give them hugs, kisses. You're not in the car because sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't really give them that one on one in the car because you're driving. Right. You know? So when once you get home, take a few minutes to sit. If it's reading a book with them or just something that shows them that you are con- reconnecting with them from the day, listen to what they have to say, say, and then ask who is who can help me cook. Let's cook if we all do it, maybe we'll be done sooner, and then we can I can help you with your homework or do the homework first and then cook. But you know, just work on that building that team spirit where the fast when we work together, we work faster, we work better.
0: and we're all learning. right. Well, I like that the concepts when I go back and just listen to some of what you're teaching. But also when you look at that, if you can help them find their identity and their value in their homes, exactly. then they're not going to have to look outside of the home in, mm-hmm. in dangerous ways. Yes. You know, when we're worrying about our kids getting involved with the wrong type of crowd because someone else is valuing them, you know, giving them the attention that they're seeking. And if we do that, we're going to have less of a chance of them going outside and engaging in behavior that might get them attention. But it also might get them into to trouble and you know, start a, a track record that's not going to be helpful. So I like that whole team concept. So what, uh, how would the parents benefit by reading your book and working through your workbook?
1: Well, I think the first thing they'll, they'll realize is that they are their child's first influencer. It is nobody Mm -hmm. on social media, and the more they engage in the social media, is the more they follow the culture where you know this person is influential. This person is this, you know. However, that is determined how you're an influencer, Um, you know. But let just understanding that they know what's best for their child, and if they don't know, then they go to people who, um, you know, ask for resources. You know, get people who are um, that they can relate to and ser- and research it. And I definitely would be happy to help them um, because, you know, I have been down that road and I know what it's like not having a home team. You know, so I am I, really, really passionate, you know, in, about helping parents find create that home team. So being their, their child's number one influencer is a big key. And, um, you know, and just spending that time, um, invest in the time, invest, that is a big investment It's the biggest investment you'll ever make even bigger than your house. (laughs) Because your children are everything to you. They are so important to you. You know, you spend a lot of money sending them to school, buying their clothes for them, feeding them time time is so valuable you know they can all they'll always remember the things you did together or not Mm. you know and then they'll find other people you know so and and then helping them to find themselves what are their gifts skills and talents that will make them excited about their lives and and you share yours what are you excited about you know is it sports is it is it you know, whatever it is—is is it being an author? Is it helping people? Whatever it is, get them get them engaged in other people, not just themselves and what they're interested in, but get them get them into the into really fully, living fully.
0: I like how you, when you when you think of the amount of time and energy and investment that parents will want to make in real sports teams. Mm-hmm. Sending their kids to private coaches, and you know they're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars to see them be successful on a sport. Right. Where I hear that you're saying, take that time and investment and put it into your personal investment into their life, groom and grow them, influence them, invest them, find out what they're interested in, because sometimes what I I've seen and I've been guilty of this too is like you want them to be. Either more like you or less like you, according to how right, you feel about yes. yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to shape them into being either mini-me's or not mini-me's, and not trying to shape them into being who they were created to be. So I like that influence, investment, find out their interest. And as a parent coach, how does that happen? What do you What do you do to help parents in the, in your coaching practice?
1: i just help them to figure out what it is that what type of relationship do they want to have with their children okay yeah what type of relationship do they want to have and um how do they see this evolving and do they have a a, do they have a vision for their family and have they set goals and you know that's a good start because sometimes parents don't haven't really thought about those things they're just trying to survive Mm -hmm. And you know what, <laughs> surviving, <laughs> surviving means you follow the culture and you don't take time to actually chart your journey. You're, you're, you, we all have our unique GPS and we need to each find out what it is. As the a, as a influencer in, in each family, it's important because you have to be able to help to steer your child into the right direction. Mm. And you know what, once you give them that power, once you show them the way and you, you 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 help to develop their interest and their confidence in themselves and their awareness of how they show up in their lives and being responsible and being accountable and caring about others and themselves and helping each other wow you know what your child is going to have that freedom to to know that they can build their own lives and they will be successful because you have shown them how to do that.
0: I, you know, when you think about all the time that we're focusing on all these other type of goals and, you know, I, I wish I was a young mom. But to have that conversation, even before you have children, you know, what kind of vision do you have for this family? What do you want them to stand on? What are those foundational uh, values that, that you have? And then making sure that you're modeling those values so that you are steering them in the the right direction. And too often we have, uh, oh, we need to have a kid. It's just about time. Let's have a child. And then we have this child without any real, like, what are we doing with them rather than having them, keeping them safe, having them grow up. To have them really say, I want to help them have a life that has meaning and impact and that they're doing work and you know that they're interested in and it sounds to me from what you're saying is all you really need to teach your children really starts in preschool <laughs> mm-hmm. that's it that's it <laughs> yeah it does it does yeah we, we, we you, before it was everything we needed to know we learned in kindergarten now because we're going to school so soon <laughs> <laughs> in preschool before you even get to school one question i have what do you feel about this push for a lot of kids learning, and that we've stopped OMIS children playing. What is your opinion on that?
1: I come from a, a strong play based curriculum, and which um, playing is how you learn, and it's hands on. Your senses are alive. Um, if you are not um, and it's more, much more engaging I was listening to something I was listening to Terry's interview with you and it was <laughs> oh my gosh last night it was I was riveted oh my gosh she's amazing and how she's teaching those children it's like oh my gosh and it's true it's true you have to experience it see it for yourself and see the dynamics of how it works um, you know book learning is great it's great but it's not for every child not every child there they, everybody has their own um, a learning style
0: you know, right and to learn child. that yes well if they can see the application because it just feels like we're, we're pouring so much information mm-hmm. and we're you're looking and saying well how are you going to use that and when exactly. you realize that there's value to learning mm-hmm. that but how we're teaching them we don't always see that connection no no like this this doesn't make sense. I'm doing this for why? I had to get in college before I had, and I'm I can do basic math. I never cared about when those two trains would hit because I wasn't going to be on them. <laughs> I I just never I this 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 is nonsense, and I I still feel it's nonsense. Where as you said, Terry, who was on the previous podcast, was talking about true application that the kids can say there's value in learning this because it will lead to this. And also how she talked about breaking down the silos that you're learning almost holistically and not separating them into neat little packages. And it's funny, I had a conversation with a group of Christian uh, female leaders today and talking about we have such a siloed society in everything that we do that we don't know what the right hand and the left hand are doing and what's the trickle-down effect rather than having a much more holistic approach. And that's what it sounds like you're recommending for parents to have a much more holistic approach in raising and educating and helping their children to develop, that it's just not whatever they're learning in preschool, whatever values and construct you're putting together, they're gonna carry that with them throughout their life Mm
1: -hmm. whether as
0: a good example or a bad example it's still going to be something that you're building those foundational values into so any last tips or advice for parents (laughs) other than lots of prayer
1: (laughs) I, i i just want to encourage parents your children are amazing and they are resilient and you know, they, they, they understand so much about responsibility and being accountable, and they need to learn it now. They, the sooner they learn that, as the easier their life would be because they won't be a victim. It will be hard for them to be a victim because they have that power and they're gonna assume responsibility for themselves. I'm not saying that it's a perfect world. I'm just saying that they can recognize and they can own up to what they need to do because they they, they have learned those those values, those responsibilities and accountability traits.
0: And cho- choices I think are important because then they, yes. they, they learn consequences through their yes. choices as well. Exactly. This, is, this exactly. is a silly story, but my younger son, he was looking at pictures of himself getting off the bus. And I don't, I guess it was Kendora. He was hopping off. He had such glee. And then he's looking at his outfit. And he said, why would you let me dress that way? And <laughs> then he stopped and he said, because you gave us choices to pick how we wanted to dress. <laughs> and that's the outfit that I picked. And instead of he was almost like going to be like, that wasn't good parenting too. <laughs> You know, that that's what you were trying to do. Show us that there was consequences, and it wasn't like anyone was making fun of them then. No. You know, it's very different from a forty-year-old perspective to a five-year-old perspective of what you're choosing to wear. I said, yeah, but look at how happy you look. So choices do make them feel empowered. You know, if yes. they feel like they can, they are in control of some part of their destiny. Because too often, when we're dictating everything that they should be doing, it's almost, I, you feel like rebellion's almost necessary to push yes. back against right. it right. and listen um, to that.
1: Um, just one more thing, Diane, As encouragement, sure. you know, encouragement is so important for your kids, you know, so, um, make sure you're using the right words to encourage them. And, and it's, it's, you know, you're doing a great job. What does that mean? I, I don't know what it means. You have to break it down. <laughs> <laughs> you are capable. Yes, you are capable. You can do it. I know you can do it. Keep trying. Keep trying. If you need help, I'm here to help you. But encourage, encourage. Um, you are strong. Yes, you are. You are not weak. You're going to do this until you understand it, Until it you until you get it the way you want it. Don't give up. Up, I love you. Always affirm, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Keep going. It takes practice to get there. You are making progress. I have faith in you. Those, th- I think, if I heard those things, those words, I think I would have been a different person. But I have, I didn't, and so now. I am sharing them with you because I see the power of using encouraging words that really
0: truly have meaning, significant meanings. Well, what I see, June, is sometimes the hardships that we go through are really the passions that we developed as adults in a way to say, I can't change my, my, the story of my past. Maybe I can change the story of someone else's future. And that's what you're doing with helping parents with their children. So I really appreciate that. Really, do. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, June, for coming in and sharing your insights, uh, all that you've learned. And you were a great teacher today. So thank you. And I know that the parents are really going to appreciate this.
1: Thank you so much, Diane. It's my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for pulling into the Hope Station. Wasn't that a great episode? My hope is that this episode brought you hope. Do you want to be a hope giver? I hope so. And how you can do that is to share this podcast, post the episode on social media, write a review or rate the podcast. This helps engagement and boosts the podcast out to other listeners in need of hope. So thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being a valued listener. And my hope is that you have a great week.